Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible-teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. I, uh, I really want to have good holidays this year. I don't know about you, but like um, we've had some of those things in the past couple years, you know, where people couldn't come because they got uh, the vid at the wrong time or it just feels kind of clunky with different people in the family and, you know, all those kind of dynamics. And uh, we've had p- different people sick and it just kind of feels like that rhythm. For, it's been a little broken in some ways for different people. I really, really want to have good holidays this year. I'm excited about gathering with family and taking a little time off and all those things. Anybody kind of trekking with me? And I was thinking about, good, three of you, yeah. I was thinking so much about... Um, just the way to get from here to there, because I, I don't know about you, it's like easy to get bogged down as we approach the holiday time. It's easy to get bogged down in the details. It's easy to get bogged down in all the things that have to get checked off the list, all the stuff that has to get sorted out, all the pro, you know, that maybe for you, it's easy to get uh, bogged down, worried about how are we going to pay for it all, or how's it going to all work out, and it's really easy to get kind of down in the details, and the Lord kind of led me, I think, in a good way. Um, to what I want to teach about for the next few weeks. Um, the best way to have good holidays this year is to connect your heart to the Good Shepherd. Because when your heart is connected to the Good Shepherd, uh, the details may not be the way that you want them to be. You may be in a part of life or a stage of life where the holidays aren't something you look forward to. They just kind of like turn the loneliness up or they make you think about the person that used to be there that isn't there, the thing that's broken. Or it may be, for some of us, it's exciting. For some of us, it's nerve-wracking. And the best, wherever you're coming from as we approach these holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, for some, the start of the World Cup today, you know, wherever you stand in all those holidays, that was a joke-ish. Um, the best way to have good holidays this year is to connect your mind and your heart with the Good Shepherd. I want to teach to you for the next few weeks on Psalm 23. I invite you to turn there. Now we're going to take a break from the book of Acts and come back to it, I think, in the new year. Okay, thank you, Tadan. Psalm 23 is probably familiar to you if you've spent much time in church. It is an ancient poem that has blessed a lot of people, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I was uh, blessed to be taught that as a young man, and I'm blessed to hopefully encourage you with it. Now, I just want to teach to you today on the first verse. 
Just the first verse. And the first verse is so short that you'll have memorized it without even trying to by the end of this sermon. The first verse says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Could there be anything that sounds less like 2020s American than I shall not want? We're, I think, pretty clear that we're swimming in a sea of unprecedented blessing and comfort and affluence, yet we're also living in a world where people are unhappy more than ever. We don't have the experience of I shall not want. Most people living around you and me today, church people and non-church people, have the experience of I have all kinds of stuff and what I have is a whole bunch more wants. And there's this kind of sense of I'm just chasing after, chasing after, chasing after, chasing after, chasing after, chasing after, and when I finally get to the something over there, then I'm going to be happy and satisfied and it's all going to be good. And a lot of us in the room today have been living long enough to realize that you can grab onto that thing and then all of a sudden it just changes and now there's another thing. And and then it's just another thing. And then it's just another thing. Uh, We see everywhere in our culture increase in chemical use, social isolation, depression, anxiety, people having problems with uh, sleep, people having challenges and needs in so many different ways. We often look like Not the still waters that Psalm 23 talks about, but something more like a turbulent river or a polluted lake or a crazy ocean. But very infrequently, could we say, even those of us who've said, I know Jesus and I've known him for a long time, very few of us could say my my actual day-to-day, like minute-to-minute experiences, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which would look something more like this, this kind of calm. And what makes it even worse is the solutions that we undertake often produce worse problems. Uh, I I have so many wants, so I'm just going to take a second job and and a third job, and when I could just kind of stack up enough money, then it'll be enough and I'll be happy. But it isn't. I I feel really lonely, so I'm going to get on one of those apps and I'm going to go on a date with somebody different every night of the week because I just don't want to feel lonely, and then it just... Makes it worse. I, I'm, I, I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish, so I'm just going to sign up my kid for like every single thing in the world, and they're going to make the Olympics, and they're going to show me on TV like they always used to show Michael Phelps' mom, like sitting there cheering them on, and when they make it to the Olympics, I'll finally feel good about myself. And, and this David writing here promises something different. The Lord is my shepherd. So when that's true, when the Lord is my shepherd, the promise that comes with it is I shall not want. I'm in. Anybody in? I'm in. I love the feeling of waking up. Every day, not with this, man, I got to, but with this sense that because of who the Lord is to me, it's all good, it's okay, it's all right, it's enough. I see three things in this text that I think will be helpful to you and to me. The first is this, uh, about the first phrase, the Lord. It's this, the shepherd is my present authority. Whenever you see uh, in the Old Testament there, whenever you see the Lord, depending on what kind of Translation you have, it might have all four letters in that word L-O-R-D capitalized. That is God's like covenant official name, the Lord. Uh, back in the book of Exodus, the Lord revealed himself to Moses. And Moses said, well, what's, what's your name? He said, my name is Yahweh, which means to be or I am what I am. Uh, in the Hebrew, uh, 
Old Testament, there's no, they don't use vowels, so it looks like this. The word Yahweh, I think we have a slide for that. Yep. Uh, and it, that is God's covenant name. It's like the difference between, uh, this is like God's official name, not his relational name. So I'm looking around the room, I see all kinds of people that I know in here who like have a kind of impressive, like full official name. Uh, my friend Bobby is in the room. Uh, on a court document, it might say that his name is Robert, right? But to his friends, he's Bobby, this kind of idea. And Yahweh is God's, like, uh, it's his official name. It's his, like, if you were talking about him with somebody who didn't know him, it's like that's the idea of what's there. And that name means to be, I am. In third person, he is. It's this idea, uh, it's a little complicated, but it's an idea of existence that needs no other definition. So we don't define God by our language. Our world and language is defined by God. He's the original thing. See, so when David is able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, the first part of that is understanding who the Lord is. And when I see in my life that I have a Lord, it dramatically changes the way in which I live my day-to-day -day life. I don't live as like a free agent kind of doing whatever seems right, whatever feels right, whatever looks right. No, I have a, an authority and I'm under this authority. Here's what I mean. Oh, you may be familiar, we've talked about this before, with uh, this idea is talked about a lot today. Um, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is the tendency to, that we all have to interpret new evidence as confirmation of my already existing beliefs or theories, right? This is why, um, we've talked about this before, but this is why the, the vaccine and the masks and the, like, all the things around COVID became so toxic is because people kind of, for most, most people, they picked a way of thinking about those things. And then every new piece of information that they were given didn't adjust or change it. It just made them more sure of what they'd already decided, right? Let's just say that uh, you hold a, a belief that uh, left-handed people are more creative than right-handed people, let's just say. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, we were, you were agreeing with that. Okay, that, wasn't, that was not in any way what I was looking for, but thank you. So whenever, whenever you like, meet a person who's really creative and left-handed, you notice it. It's evidence of your theory. But when you meet someone who's right-handed and really creative, you don't notice it. This is the idea of confirmation bias. And it's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just a thing to understand that when I live my life from the posture and the attitude that the shepherd is my authority, I interpret every challenge and every need for obedience and every situation that comes my way, not as I need to figure it out for myself, but as I wonder what my authority thinks that I should do. Uh, let me show it to you this way. We all have a way of thinking about like who I should listen to and how often. Uh, I made a little pyramid that I can show it to you. Um, with You could just throw the whole thing up on the screen quickly. is no problem. So like I think we understand this, right? Like So down here below the screen um, is like people in the Facebook comment section. Those are people you should never listen to, like literally ever. No matter what they're saying, they're wrong, I think, right? Or maybe the YouTube comment section might be even darker and worse. Then, like sometimes I should listen to my friends. Sometimes I should listen to my coworkers. Like every once in a while I should listen to a public figure, maybe like other than, maybe other than Kanye and Kyrie Irving. Um, no? Yes? No, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Maybe, maybe, okay, yeah. Um, but I like should mostly listen to the person that I'm married to. 
I should like mostly listen to them when they say like, I should mostly listen to my close friends. And to be honest, I should always listen to my boss, the government, church, my parents, parents when you're young. The obvious caveat to all of those is as long as the, they're not telling you to sin. I mean, that's the obvious caveat to all of them. But in general, if the government says you owe a bill, appeal the bill, fine, but then you owe the bill. If your boss tells you to do something, you should do it. And if you don't like the boss, find a new job. But we have to have this kind of authority element settled. And some of us, many of us, lots of us, have been in situations where authority wasn't properly utilized. And so then where our tendency is just to kind of toss it all away. I just won't listen to anybody anymore. But what I would suggest to you is this whole pyramid is well and nice and fine, but it only works if up above the whole thing you have the shepherd. Without the good shepherd's authority, all these authorities fail and all these things break apart and don't work properly. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What am I saying? I'm saying the shepherd is my present authority. I wonder how uh, the holidays would change for you if you lived them like someone who is under authority. It's easier to obey someone who's under authority. It's easy to obey when you're under authority. You know that thing that people do where they just blame it on the boss all the time? You can do that. We aren't, we don't live from a place of complete autonomy. God is in charge of the world, frankly, whether we acknowledge him or not. And when we choose to live under his authority, it shifts our perspective and gets us closer to being able to say, I shall not want. Here's how. Second, the shepherd is my protecting helper. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We uh, here in Palatine, Illinois, in November of 2022, are at a disadvantage in understanding what David wrote because uh, we don't necessarily have like tons of experience. Do we have any shepherds in the house? This, I'm guessing no. I one time was teaching something similar to this like out towards Crystal Lake, and there was one guy who was like, yeah, I am. And I was like... Kind of blew the whole thing apart, but I feel fairly, feel fairly sure down here um, that there's no people who your employment is you have a big flock that you kind of, you know. So understanding what a shepherd is and what a shepherd does helps us. Why does the Lord choose to define his relationship with us by this concept of a shepherd? Well, it's partially by what a shepherd does and it's partially by what a sheep is. Sheep more than any other livestock require endless attention, meticulous care. The Lord choosing to say, I am a shepherd, is a reflection on the reality that you and I are sheep. That we need endless attention and meticulous care. In the first century, uh, and in the 10th century BC, about the time this was written, at the end of the day, the shepherd's job was to lead all the sheep back to the pen, open the gate, count them as they went through. His job in the evening typically didn't come to an end as he would have to watch as darkness set in to make sure no wild animals came and stole one of his flock. We learn this when David, the writer of this psalm, uh, says that he killed both a lion and a bear, oh my, who were trying to steal his sheep. The shepherd has at its core this idea of protection associated with it. This is why it's perfect in the New Testament in the book of John when Jesus says about himself, I am the good shepherd. 
because the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd's full-time, not job, full-time life is ensuring the safety and future of their sheep. Uh, And when God wanted to define what it's like for you and for me and for him, what he wanted it to be defined by is I'm a shepherd to you. It means that he's a protecting helper. He's paying attention to us all the time. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, the famous preacher in the last century in England, described it like this. What condescension is this? That the infinite Lord assumes towards his people the office and the character of a shepherd. Uh, Shepherd is not glamorous. Shepherd is not cool. They're like our, they're, even like now, I don't think there's any like influencer shepherds. There's nothing impressive about it. Shepherd is a job of service. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David wrote down about your God and my God today. The Lord is my shepherd. It should shift the way that we think, partly because notice that David is speaking from experience, right? Like I could tell you, uh, I could tell you what it's like to be like an astronaut or an Olympic marathoner, but since I'm not those things, my ability to describe them, you'd kind of be like, well, I mean, cool, but like, what do you know? What I mean is David is talking about the Lord being a shepherd, and David was a shepherd. So David looked at his life, and he was like, you know what it's like? You know what the Lord is like? The Lord is like, to me, what I'm like to all these stinky sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's a protecting helper. Notice also that the Lord isn't uh, generally protective. Notice that the Lord is not a shepherd. How's it written? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, which is why I don't want. We're all familiar with the concept, right, of this kind of overarching security. Our country has a big military Like, I can't see any of them with my eyes right now, so it feels kind of impersonal. The Lord is my shepherd, is hopefully producing in me the idea of a personal God who is right here paying attention to my daily life. Uh, I want to throw out to you that a lot of us um, live like like we're deists. We're going to take a turn and we're coming back. Deism is the idea that God created the world, but then kind of like just stood back and let it all happen. So like, I mean, if I'm, I don't want to be mean, but I, I don't find it, I don't find atheism like a very serious belief. How could you look at the snow coming down on all those trees and be like, yeah, hey, it just kind of happened. Like it was just like a, right? Like I don't, I, like I get it. Our minds are blocked by sin, but I don't consider but deism like, is a more serious belief because it's basically like, well, sure, you can't look around and not know that there's a creator. But he just kind of created and then pieced out and watched what was going to happen. Many, many famous people through history, I'll throw three of them on the screen, were deists in their belief. Ben Franklin, Albert Einstein, uh, George Washington would be three. Who, if you study what they believed, they believed in this idea of a God who set the world in motion and then went away from it. And many of us live our lives the same way. Like, sure, there's a God up there, but he's not, like, really paying attention to, like, how nervous I am about what my sister's going to say at the Thanksgiving table, right? We live like, sure, and maybe, like, maybe if we're at the hospital 
it's like a really, really big thing. Or, or maybe if it's like, you know, in a really critical, intense moment, maybe God's like kind of paying attention. But for the most part, in the daily life stuff, he's got to be far away dealing with something else, right? The Lord is a shepherd is a nice sentiment. But the Lord is my shepherd, I could suggest to you today, dear friend, might be life-changing for you. He's not just a shepherd out there. He is your shepherd. What does this mean? It means that maybe your lack of peace, could I suggest, maybe your lack of peace is coming from a lack of proximity to the shepherd. This happens all the time to me uh, as a pastor. I talk to people, and they say something like, Pastor, God just feels really far away from me right now. We can be honest in church. Anyone ever gone through a, a time in life where God felt kind of far away? Anyone ever been through that before? Yeah, I'm sure I have, yeah. But if it's true what the scripture says, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the reason that God feels far away isn't because he's moved. It would have to be because I have. And sometimes the reason that I moved was something bad happened, and it kind of feels like God got in the way. I'm really, I'm down, I'm frustrated, I'm hurt, I'm discouraged. Real-life stuff happened, and now I'm thinking about the real-life stuff, and it's blocking me from the shepherd who's right here all the time. But you know, you know, friends, right? You know, um, I'll go for it, sure. You know that we weren't created to be like, medicated and, and, and anxious and unable to cope with the day-to-day -day stuff of life, right? You know we weren't made that way. That's sin. Sin broadly and sin specifically. And that doesn't mean that, like, mental health challenges aren't real. They're for sure real. Of course they are. Of course they are. But I wonder how many of us run to the doctor and only occasionally open the Bible. I wonder how many of us are like book and video and Instagram account about trauma and difficulty and whatever. There's a, a God who's right here who wants to meet with you. The scripture promises draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And he is right there desiring to protect and take care of you. And I wonder if the reason why you feel so out of control is because you've unplugged from the shepherd who's right here with you right now. The Lord is my shepherd. So because the Lord is my shepherd, last part, I shall not want. The shepherd is my, last thing, providing companion. David was able to say that because the Lord is my shepherd, I don't have any wants. So we live life with lots of wants. Um, these are fun. I just found a few things. Do you know that every year, uh, you know those like little K-cups that make the kind of mediocre coffee, but it's fast? Um, <laughs> enough of those are thrown out every year. If you lined them up, it would circle the world 12 times. That's not the ones that are used and thrown away. Those are the ones that just like, you know, you bought that box of 20 million of them at Costco and then just needed space, you threw them out. Did you know that half of the world's toys are in America? 300 million people in our country out of seven, eight billion on the planet, but half the toys that exist are right here. 
The average person in America has over $10,000 of consumer debt right now. On average, every house in America contains more televisions in it than people. 25% of two-car garages in the United States last year were filled so completely with things that no cars can park inside of them. I enjoyed that part. I don't know if you did or not, but... <laughs> somehow in our heart that the more won't make us happier. But we want more, want more, want more, want more. I'm real um, sensitive. I don't like to criticize people in general. But it's so bright if you know the story right in front of us right now. Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls than anybody else. And he lost his family because he wanted what? Just one more. And you and I aren't better than that. We're just like that. It's just not up on a pedestal and so obvious. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, uh, I shall not want is about what I'm choosing to see, not what I'm hoping to hold. So I shall not want doesn't mean I can't imagine, you know, our family uh, is growing and we'd like a bigger home to put them in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Doesn't mean you no longer want to have a home where every kid has a bedroom. It means that that's not where you're placing your hope and expectation of how you're going to be happy in the future. So I shall not want isn't like the, you know what, I'm just going to like not try at work anymore and I'm not going to try to progress and, I, and, I, and I'm going to just drive like the worst car I possibly can and I'm going to come to church like, you know, with like a, a ratty old sweatsuit, which would, to me would be bad, but to like, that's what I see girls wearing at the mall now, so maybe that's in. I don't even know how to understand that part. But like, I, I shall not want isn't to arrive, that the hope isn't to arrive at a place where I'm indifferent to everything. It's that the thing that I'm hoping and trusting in is not the stuff that I'm going after. It's the God that I already have who knows me and loves me and has saved me. A different way of saying it maybe is that the shepherd doesn't grant us our wants. The shepherd frees us from want. Yes. The shepherd brings me to a place where it's like, man, do I have dreams for the future? Yes, I do. Do I have hopes for what I want to do next year? Absolutely. Am I chasing after all kinds of different things that I want to see God do? Of course I do. But wherever that all goes, that's not the thing that's going to decide whether today's a good day or a bad day. The thing that's going to decide whether today is a good day or a bad day is I already decided today is going to be a good day because I am known and saved and loved and my future is secure and nothing can take that away or tear that down or make it impossible for me to get it because the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have to want. It's like, I don't know if inflation is going to go to like 80% and my house is going to be worth like the same as a candy bar is right now, three years from now. And I don't know, like, you know, I, I don't know, is Twitter going to fall apart? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. The Bears may never win another game. And, and all the hope, my kids may not get into the colleges that I'm hoping to get into. And, and someone that I really care about may go through a debilitating disease or, or die before they were ready. Or who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. 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 But I know that whatever happens, the Lord is my shepherd. And so wherever I end up over there, I, I shall not want. It's, 
I shall not want, and we're, we're close now, is uh, it means something practically. God will supply all our needs. It means something permanently, not just for today, but for all the days. It means personally that God knows and cares about you. But maybe more than anything, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is pointing us towards the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want another shepherd. That there's this, we're going to sing in a sec, so they can come. That was their second clue. Let's see if they got it this time. Here we go. Come on, come on, come on. So because, because the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, Lance. Come on, bud. You're going to help me finish it. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. So because the Lord is my shepherd, I'm standing here right now because the Lord is my shepherd. And I don't know what's going to come my way in the year ahead. I don't know what's going to challenge me or frustrate me or upset me or what good things are going to happen that are going to provide different kinds of challenges. I don't know any of those answers right now. But what I know is that because the Lord is my shepherd, I am going to define how I feel and how I act and what I do with whatever comes my way by the fact that I have a shepherd. He is my authority. So I'm not going to go looking for another authority. I'm not going to go looking for another. Maybe, maybe I'll try a different religion. Maybe I'll try a different way of thinking. Maybe I'll, maybe, no, no, no. I've got Jesus. I have the Bible. I have this authority, and I am under this authority. So whatever comes my way, the Lord is my shepherd. That was one. Two is because the Lord is my shepherd, that middle part, I'm going to discipline myself in the way that I think, not to think that I'm just like a, a victim of chance that good things happen because of coincidence and bad things happen because of fate and it's just all sort of mysterious out there I don't know no 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 I have a shepherd and the shepherd pays attention to to the degree that he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep so the things that come my way even the challenging things are things that are under the shepherd's authority and even the things that beat me up, he is over those things too. Even the things I can't understand, he is over those things too. Even those things that I can't put a perfect label on, no, no. He's, he led me right here. The Lord is my shepherd, he protects me. And then third, is that he's my companion and he's my provider and he's my protector. So the third thing is I shall not want. And as I draw near to the shepherd, Increasingly, I stop defining how things are going based on a number in an app that applies to dollars or a number on like one of those websites that says how much my house might be worth or my kids' grades or how much fun I'm having or what size jeans I can fit into or how much I can lift on the bench press or, or how good I look in comparison to how good I used to look or how many new clients I have or how many new friends I have or whatever other ways that we're defining like how things are going. When the Lord is my shepherd, life is about did I today walk? Did I today walk with the attitude and the assurance of someone who has a shepherd? If I did that, Today was a good day. 
And every day that I start doing that, I find, maybe you've gotten some of this discipline in your life, that I don't think as much anymore about all that other stuff. It just starts to fall, 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 fall. And I have this consuming desire to stay close to the shepherd because when I stay close to the shepherd, it all feels better and feels different. That's all what I came to say today. Would you stand to your feet and we're going to pray and then when I uh, say amen, we're going to sing this song. It's going to be awesome. Lord, I pray today that whatever our circumstance, you would draw our hearts to the reality that you are the good shepherd, that you laid your life down for the sheep and because our future is secure, our present is we're able to navigate it. And Lord, I'm just praying right now that you would fill our hearts, fill our hearts, fill our hearts with the joy and the faith to take another week, whatever's in front of us, to take another hour, another day, whatever's in front of us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I pray that you would increasingly make that true for you, for us, for me, for everybody in this room. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.